I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. lovelies. It has been a while. Welcome back to the Unbreakable You podcast. It's Meg here. And like I said, it's been a while. I am so happy to be sitting in my office this week and recording an episode for you all. I know a lot of you who listen to the podcast may not be on social media as just like from working with clients and stuff. I know a lot of my clients are actually getting off of social media. So there's that and um, Instagram just being the way Instagram is a lot of the people that you even follow on Instagram their stuff kind of gets missed because of the algorithm. But anyways, the reason I'm talking about this is because I am under the impression that a lot of you who listen to this podcast don't actually know where I've been the past couple of weeks. And so that is what we are going to be talking about today. And I'm assuming you read the title of this podcast episode. So you probably have somewhat of an idea of what I'm talking about. And that is the emergency surgery that I had over 10 days ago now. So it's been 11 days. If you're listening to this podcast episode, when it comes out live on April 26th, 2023, at this point, it will be like 11 days post emergency surgery. So Obviously, since this was emergency surgery, it was quite unexpected, hence why I just kind of went completely MIA here on the podcast. I had these magnificent plans to have podcast episodes ready and rolled out for you, but you know, life had different plans for me, but I am really grateful to let you all know that I'm doing really well and I'll get more into that but honestly I just wanted to take this time in this episode to let you all know what happened because I feel like this is now a significant part of my story and I think it is really helpful to share what happened and just like keep you in the loop about things. It's not like, you know, I feel the need to share everything about my life, but I do think it is important when something significant like this happens that um, it does help all of us to just share. And I, I feel like it's it's comforting for you to know what's been happening. And I also think that it is really helpful to share about like medical experiences and surgeries and stuff like that, just because honestly, there's not a lot of people talking about this sort of thing. So I've always kind of been of the mindset like, if I can share my story and at least help one person who's going through something similar, then I've done my job. So that's kind of like the mindset I have here. Like if I can share my story about having this massive cyst and an ovarian torsion and all of these other things, like if I can share this story and even just support one person, then 
I'm doing my job. So that's what we're getting into today. I do have some listener questions as well. I asked over on Instagram if anyone had any specific questions for me that they wanted to have answered on the show. So I'll be like integrating those into today's episode as well. But basically, why don't we just kind of go to the beginning or even like rewind to last year because that's kind of when this all started, like March of 2022. So in March of 2022, I wound up in the hospital after passing out and getting very, very ill at home. I started vomiting and having diarrhea. I passed out. And when I came to, I was in like a hundred out of 10 pain. Like it was so excruciating. It was like the worst pain I had ever experienced. I was rushed to the emergency. Unfortunately, I had a really horrible experience in the emergency room, just like just not a really great doctor working in the ER that day in my hometown and basically had to like fight to get an ultrasound and eventually did and I was told that I had a like a navel orange sized cyst sitting next to my right ovary. So I just wanted to share that with you just so you kind of know about this cyst and kind of like these episodes that have happened now a total of three times, but they won't be happening anymore. So that happened in March of last year. And then Once again, in August of last year, so just this past summer, it happened again, where I was passing out, vomiting, diarrhea, extreme pain. But the second time, it like stopped fairly quickly. And like a few hours later, and so I actually didn't go to the hospital that time. We were also kind of like, not in the middle of nowhere, but we were driving from one place to another to catch a flight somewhere. And um, yeah, it just didn't feel like I really needed to seek like medical help at that time because like I said, it kind of passed in a couple of hours and I'll be talking about why that would be later on in today's chat. But these episodes is what I'm kind of like talking about here with the extreme pain and the passing out and the vomiting and the diarrhea. They happened twice prior to what happened to me on April 14th of this month. Um, So I was actually in Kelowna, British Columbia for my advanced one training for somatic experiencing. So as many of you know, I am becoming a somatic experiencing practitioner and this requires us to complete like different modules so three different levels it's a three-year program so as of right now I have completed my beginning year which consists of three different modules I've completed my intermediate year which consists of three different modules and then when we get into our third year it includes two advanced modules so I flew to Kelowna, BC on April 12th. So that was now like exactly two weeks ago, if you're listening to this episode when it airs. And I was um, intending on completing my first advanced module for my training and getting one step closer to becoming fully certified in somatic experiencing, which I'm so, so excited about. So I would have completed like advanced one and then moved on to advanced two in November and been done my certification. So what happened was I went to class on Friday morning on April 14th and I was feeling so good. Like honestly, I was having such a good day. It tends to be really beautiful in 
BC like weather wise, it felt like almost a summer day that morning. And I have tons of family in BC. So a lot of my relatives from my dad's side of the family live in Kelowna. And that's where my training was being held. So I was feeling like super lucky that, you know, out of all places in Canada, my training was in Kelowna, BC. And that's just, you know, so happens to be where I have a lot of family. So I was able to stay with my aunt. Like it wasn't like I was staying in a hotel or an Airbnb or anything like that. So anyways, on Friday morning, that was the first day of class. And my aunt was about like a 45 minute walk away from class. And it was just like this really beautiful day. And I thought 45 minutes was like, you know, the perfect kind of distance for me to walk, start off my day before sitting in class all day, that sort of thing. So I got up, I got ready, I had breakfast, you know, all the good stuff. And I left my aunt's house and arrived to class about 20 minutes early because I'm I am one of those people that I am always early, like I'm never going to show up late to an event, okay? I'm usually at least 10 minutes early for something, but on this particular morning, since I didn't know exactly how long it would take me to walk to class, I was about 20 minutes early, but there was a lot of my classmates who showed up early, early too, so we were all like mingling outside and waiting for the doors to open so we could be let into class and then we were and we got all seated and the morning was going great we had a great morning in class and the morning session lasted from nine until one o'clock and then we had lunch break from one o'clock until 2 45 so almost a two-hour lunch break which gave us tons of time to walk around go grab lunch somewhere and just really take our time which is so nice so you know, me, I, I actually got hungry before our lunch break started at one o'clock. So I had my lunch packed with me and I ate my lunch around like 1230 and then lunch started at one o'clock. So I had one good friend in the class with me and she actually didn't have lunch packed with her. So she wanted to go to like a grocery store and I'm really familiar with Kelowna. I've been there several times obviously because I have tons of family there so I was familiar with all the grocery stores around and they have such great grocery stores there like Kelowna is one of my absolute favorite places in all of Canada. So anyways, I was super excited to show my friend around and just like go check out some of my favorite grocery stores with her. So that's exactly what we left class to do for our lunch break. So we left at one o'clock and by the time we got to the grocery store, it was about 1.30. And when we were shopping around and roaming the grocery store, I started to get this weird twisting pain on my right side and it reminded like immediately I knew exactly what it was like I felt like something was twisting inside of me and I thought like for sure it was related to my cyst and my ovary and so I knew like I said I knew immediately what it was but I was really hoping that it would just pass I was like okay maybe it won't turn into one of my full-blown episodes that I've had twice already I knew what it was, but I was really, really hoping it would pass. So as my friend and I were just kind of shopping around the grocery store, I was kind of like massaging my right side because, you know, it it started like the pain was like on the right side of my 
pelvis area where like your ovary is but the pain was so bad that it was like radiating into my back so I was kind of like massaging like my back and kind of um like pressing on like my ovary area that sort of thing just kind of like a natural movement to like self-soothe myself but I didn't really say anything to my friend at that point and then when we got back to class like class hadn't started yet but she was eating her lunch outside and it was about two o'clock and I let her know that I was in quite a bit of pain and she was like yeah I noticed you were rubbing yourself like are you okay and I was like yeah like I so I told her about my cyst that I had and I was like it feels very similar to what's happened in the past but like I'm hoping I'll be okay you you know like I I hope everything's gonna be fine and she was like okay just like let me know you know so we were hanging out for a bit we went inside because I really started to feel quite weird like I started to get some feelings that I might be passing out soon and so we went inside notified a teacher that you know hey I'm not feeling that great and at this point I also text my parents who were like back at home so quite a ways away like Kelowna is two provinces away from where I actually live and where my parents live and so I just wanted to let my parents know like hey you know it feels like I'm about to get one of my episodes like I'm in quite a bit of pain and I just wanted to let my parents know because they're obviously very familiar with these episodes that I have. So that was at 2.30 when the pain became very severe. It was like at this point 10 out of 10 and shortly after I was in the washroom and I was like getting all I'm not sure if you've ever passed out before but you get really clammy and things kind of start going dark and like speckly and you kind of start seeing stars everywhere like that sort of thing and so that was happening and I didn't like fully pass out pass out but kind of and then I lied down on the cold tile floor in the public washroom and I just started getting sick like my friend went and got me a bucket I was throwing up and having diarrhea all sorts of things and this lasted from 2 30 until four o'clock and so I was very very sick for an hour and a half And during that time, my friend was on the phone with my mom and kind of like arranging me to get help because while this was all happening, I knew that compared to the last two times that this has happened to me, I knew it was different. Like for some reason, I just knew that like this felt very different and I knew I needed to get to a hospital like ASAP. My pain was just absolutely 10 out of 10 and it wasn't lessening. Everything was just like I was feeling worse and worse and worse as time went on. So I let my friend and my mom know that like, hey, I really need to get to a hospital like ASAP. And so luckily, like I said before, I have tons of family in Kelowna. And thankfully, one of my cousins came to my rescue. Um, He and I have always been really close. And he's actually a nurse that works at the hospital in Kelowna. So he came to where my class was being held. He picked me up, took me to the ER and got me in right away and basically from 2:30 that afternoon until 7:45 that night I sat in well I was in 10 out of 10 pain but he he picked me up from class at 4 so I was like in the emergency room waiting to see someone from about 4:30 until 
7.45-ish. And it was 7.45 when I was taken to go get an ultrasound. And now, like, this entire time, I had not broken down. I was just, like, in so much pain, but I couldn't think about anything else. So I was just, like, sitting in a wheelchair, unable to really, like, do anything. But they wheeled me off to go get an ultrasound and she did an external ultrasound of my pelvis and then she was like Meg I know this is the last thing you want to hear right now but I need to do an internal ultrasound for you and that is like the first time all day that I completely lost it and so I broke down I started crying And I just let her know, like, I need some like pain meds because this entire time, no one had given me anything for my pain. And when I tell you I was in 10 out of 10 pain, like I have an extremely high pain tolerance, which we will get to, but I have an extremely high pain tolerance and I had been sitting in 10 out of 10 pain from at this point now, like 2.30 in the afternoon until 8 p.m. at night. And so I told her, you know, like, I want to do this internal ultrasound, but I cannot do it right now in like the state I'm in. So they wheeled me back to the emergency room and they gave me hydromorphone through IV and immediately my pain went from 10 out of 10 to like a one. And so I was like, please wheel me to the ultrasound lady right now so we can get this over with because I feel amazing right now. So they quickly wheeled me over to her and she did an internal ultrasound, which I have had many times and they always F me up so bad because where my cyst is located, it really aggravates things. So all the internal ultrasounds I've had in the past have left me in huge amounts of pain. And remember, I'm already in tons of pain at this point, but I'm just like drugged up. So They gave me hydromorphone and I was like, okay, let's get this internal ultrasound over with. She did it. And after that, I was in such intense pain that um, from this point on, so at this point, it was about 830 at night and the hydromorphone or whatever drugs they were giving me, nothing worked after that. So it was only one time where the drugs like took away my pain and everything after that, it didn't matter what it was, whether that was hydromorphone or morphine or Tylenol, Advil, like whatever they were giving me, nothing worked. So I am so grateful that the one time that they gave me hydromorphone was it worked before I had to have that internal ultrasound. So anyways, I had the external, the internal ultrasound done. And very quickly after that, I was wheeled into one of the rooms in the emergency room and a couple doctors came in and that's really where things started to get serious and like they just kind of started to take my case much more seriously than they were before. And so two doctors sat me down and let me know that they saw my results of the ultrasound and it looked as though that my ovary had twisted on itself because of the massive cyst and they kept telling me that my cyst was very very large and I was like yeah I know like I know it's the size of a navel orange like that's what I was told before so they just kept referring to my cyst being very 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 large 
And basically what the ultrasound revealed was that it looked like my right ovary had twisted on itself and lost blood flow. Now, the gynecologist, one of the doctors in the room with me, she was like, Meg, ultrasounds can be wrong. Like we can read them wrong. This happens all the time. So, you know, the radiologist said that it looks like blood flow has been cut off from your ovary, which means it's likely dead. But she said there is a chance that this is actually not the case. But she was like, basically, since you have been in this pain since 1.30 this afternoon, it is very likely that your ovary is dead and we need to do emergency surgery like ASAP. So they got me on the bed. So I was lying down on the bed in the emergency room on my back and the gynecologist who she was a complete sweetheart, by the way, I absolutely adore her. And she came up beside the bed and kind of like rammed the bed with her hip a couple times to kind of like rattle the bed a bit, you know, like kind of shake it side to side. And I was just lying there. And then she was like, okay, I'm going to do a couple pelvic exams. I'm going to do an external and an internal pelvic exam. And so I was like, yep. Okay. And at this point I'm still 10 out of 10 pain because like I said, none of the drugs were even touching the pain, but what the drugs did, they just made me super like dopey, right? Like I was, I felt like I was in a dream, but I was able to feel all the pain. So it was kind of like my mind was very like dreamy, but the pain was still a hundred percent there. So anyway, she rammed the bed a couple times, like I said, and then she was pushing on my like pelvis area from the outside and then she also did an internal exam and was like yep I can feel like the cyst it's right there that sort of thing so once she finished those two exams she told me that she was not convinced that my ovary was twisted on itself because she said if she had done any one of those tests including ramming the bed a couple times like she was like remember when I hit the bed and kind of like jolted you a couple times she said if she had done that or pressed on my pelvis or did that internal exam she told me that if she did any one of those three things I would be screaming out in pain and that's when I told her I was like well I'm like in 10 out of 10 pain. And she's like, yeah, I know you're in a lot of pain right now, but I'm not like convinced that your ovary is actually twisted on itself because if I did any of those three things, you would have been screaming out of pain. So like I said, prior to sharing this, um, I mentioned this before, I have an extremely high pain tolerance. So Anyways, I was like, okay, apparently she doesn't think my ovary is twisted on itself, but like I knew something was very, very wrong because like, why am I in so much pain right now? Right? So anyway, she was basically like, I am not convinced that you are, or that your ovary has twisted on itself, But she was like, we're going to admit you and keep you overnight and see how you are like over the weekend kind of thing. So they admit me, they get me a bed, I wait in, emerge for quite a while, like another few hours. It wasn't even until midnight until I got into my own room, but I was like lying on a bed and my aunt was there with me. And like I said, this entire time, I'm just constantly in 10 out of 10 pain and just getting hydromorphone every two hours because that's as much as they can give me and nothing was helping with the pain. So I finally get into my own room and it's about like midnight. My aunt stays with me for a while, but she can't spend the night. So she goes home. And at this point I'm like so drugged up in so much pain And I go to bed, 
wake up in the morning and the nurses who were taking care of me let me know that I will be having emergency surgery at some point that day. And I am also told by my parents, like my mom was catching the soonest flight to come and be with me because my parents also knew that I would be getting surgery and one of them wanted to be with me before that all happened. So basically Saturday was a day of just lying in bed in tons of pain. Like I said, none of the drugs even touched the pain. They just made me super dopey and loopy and weird. But um, the pain was still very much there. My aunts kept tending to me. I have two amazing aunts who live in Kelowna and they spent all day with me in the hospital. And finally, my mom came and arrived at about five o'clock in the evening. And I was told my surgery would be at some point late afternoon or early evening. But um, yeah, my mom ended up making it to Kelowna before my surgery at five and I wasn't taken from my room until 7 30 in the evening and to be like prepped for surgery and stuff and then my surgery actually started at eight o'clock so before I go any further just like some shares because I think you know I kind of glossed over a lot that happened but um I met with the gynecologist and the surgeon who would be doing my surgery. She came into my room and visited my mom and I prior to surgery. And I was notified that it was very likely that my ovary had died over the past nearly day and a half. So she said, you know, ideally they're going to go in and just have to remove my cyst. But she said it is very, very likely that my entire right side would also have to be removed as well, because it is likely that my cyst would have died um, if it was like twisted on itself for nearly a day and a half, which totally made sense to me. So I kind of like went into surgery thinking that I was going to come out and only have my left ovary remaining. And the surgeon also told me that post-surgery, I would have absolutely zero pain and I would only feel like, you know, the discomfort of the incisions because they were doing the surgery laparoscopically. So that meant I would have these tiny little incisions and that would just be like the only discomfort I would be feeling post-surgery. I would have no pain um, remaining from like what I was experiencing before surgery, which totally blew my mind. I was like, I have never had surgery before, but I just like could not imagine waking up from surgery and not having any pain. So that was just kind of like an important conversation that I wanted to share. And then also, um, you know, just with all of my training in somatic experiencing and just like having a trauma-informed approach to how I support my clients, a huge piece of my learning in somatic experiencing, we've actually focused a lot on medical trauma. So you, if you don't know anything about like somatic experiencing and the work that I do in that area, definitely go back and listen to my previous episodes about somatic experiencing. I can have them linked up in the show notes for you. But like I said, a huge piece of out my learning in somatic experiencing has been with medical trauma. And just as a quick refresher, I know I talk about this in my previous episodes about somatic experiencing, but a trauma can be anything that happens that feels too much, 
too fast or too soon for our nervous system. So the trauma isn't actually the event itself, but how it impacts our nervous system. So there are ways to support ourselves during certain life events. So maybe it doesn't have such a huge impact on our nervous system if we didn't have those supports in place. And another big thing with surgery is the anesthetic that we are given or put under um, for the surgery. And this was, um, you know, a concern of mine. I, I had some hesitations around the anesthetic just because that would be a new experience for me. And basically, like a lot of people will wake up from the anesthesia and feel really panicked and scared and not know where they are. And a really big concept when it comes to supporting yourself pre-surgery and just like a understanding around the anesthetic is how you go in is how you're going to come out. So I really had that um, mindset with me. So if I went under the anesthesia really panicked and afraid and scared, I would come out of the anesthetic feeling the same way. So this is really where I leaned on some of the tools that I've gained from my somatic experiencing certification and training. And I just wanted to offer this to you as well, just in case maybe you have an upcoming surgery and you're looking for ways to support yourself going into surgery and being put under and stuff like that. But um, prior to my surgery, like I said, I was taken from my room at 7.30. My surgery started at 8. And I remember being wheeled from my room where my mom was down into the operating room for prep. And I was just really focusing on getting myself as calm as I possibly could rather than focusing on, you know, being nervous for surgery, everything that could potentially go wrong, et cetera, et cetera. I was just really focusing on all of the supports around me. So I was focusing on my mom being there. I was focusing on all of the support that I had had over the past day and a half and just really accessing all of those supports and this was just so helpful for me and I remember feeling so calm and so cared for and so supportive when I was given the anesthetic and what is so incredible is when I woke up so it took me about an hour and a half to wake up because I was in surgery from eight until nine o'clock in the evening and when I woke up from the anesthetic I remember like waking up I was so calm it felt like I had just woken up from a long nap and I just remember noticing that my pain was completely gone. I looked at the clock, I noticed it was 1030 and I just felt so calm and that's because the way you go in is the way you're going to come out. And that's really what I focused on. So I do want to offer you that if at any point you have to have an emergency surgery or maybe you do have a surgery scheduled, like I said, just really focusing on maybe the supports around you or any type of thing or something that you feel that can support you and really calm you in that moment so you can go into the surgery feeling calm and coming out of the surgery feeling calm so that was like really big I think in my whole experience with all of this so like I said my surgery lasted an hour it took me an hour and a half to come out from it and wake up 
and then they keep you for another hour. So I wasn't back in my room with my mom until 1130. So almost midnight on Saturday, the 15th of April. And when we got back, um, basically they told me that when I go pee or if I'm able to go pee, um, I'll be able to leave the next day. And it did feel like I needed to go pee right away. So I went to the washroom, which was definitely a challenge. And I'll talk about that a little bit more later. But post-surgery, I was able to go pee. And so I was like, I was told that I could, I would be like discharged the next day, essentially. So before I went to bed that night um, and after my surgery, the doctor who did the surgery came up and talked to my mom and I. And we actually received really, really great news. She told me that despite my ovary twisting around itself three times, not once, not twice, but three times. That is why I was in so much pain. This is called an ovarian torsion. When your ovary turns on itself, that is called uh, ovarian torsion. It is extremely painful. Whether it turns on itself once, twice, three times, whatever, it is extremely painful. And if you've ever had this happen before, you know that you know exactly the type of pain that I'm talking about. And if you want to visualize that, literally imagine if your ovary twisted on itself, it is just an unbelievable pain that doesn't like come and go. It is just constant, like a blinding blackout pain. It is so terrible. So the surgeon, bless her, her name is Dr. Baxter. She's the gyno in Kelowna and she is absolutely amazing, but she told me that my ovary had torted on itself, so twisted on itself three times and they were able to untwist it and it was still alive. It did not die inside of me. It was just extremely bruised. So she said they actually did not have to remove my ovary, but it was very, very bruised. So she said it's probably going to feel tender for a while, but that it would be able to make like a full recovery and like operate just as normal. She said they were able to do the cystectomy, which meant removing the cyst and back in November of last year. So not even a full year ago, but you know, back November of 2022, when I had an ultrasound done, I was told the the ultrasound showed that my cyst was like the size of a navel orange. And she said the cyst that they removed from me was the size of a cantaloupe. So I had an extremely large cyst inside of me. And she said that it was very, very heavy. And they were able to remove it and leave my ovary intact. So it was truly best case scenario. I now have four incisions from this cyst removal and I have like one on my right side, one in my belly button and two on my left side. The two on my left side are actually one on my left side is quite small. There's one on my left side that's about like two inches big and that's where they like had to put the port in to actually remove the cyst. So that one, that's why that one's like a little bit bigger, but yeah, I like the incisions and like the stitches are all dissolvable. So they'll just like eventually dissolve. I don't have to like go get them removed or anything, but it definitely took me a couple days to like gain the courage and actually look at the incisions um but honestly like my mom kept reassuring me she's like Meg they look totally fine like I think you're probably 
picturing it to look worse than it actually is. And she was totally right. But um, I just kind of like didn't want to look at them initially because they did feel very uncomfortable and tender and I just thought like if I look at them now that's all I'm going to be picturing whereas now I'm just like kind of I can notice the tenderness I can notice the discomfort but it wasn't like I was picturing something you know so it took me a few days to actually look at my stomach but everything looks fine and now like I said I'm like 11 days post-op and I can hardly feel them like obviously if I press on them I can feel them but as I'm sitting here recording this podcast for you honestly I would never even know I had surgery like that's how good I feel so it's pretty amazing like the body is honestly so incredible but yeah fast forward to kind of like post-surgery it is so crazy because remember like they like they opened me up you know like well it's like laparoscopic surgery so it's these like four little incisions but they go inside of me to remove this massive cyst and so the surgery took place you know in where like those like lower core muscles are. So basically what I'm saying is it took a long time, like a week for me to actually feel normal walking. Like it was very, very strange to do any type of movement at all because like even like sitting up in a bed or sitting up in a chair, just like sitting up straight, right? Like if you're listening to this podcast episode and maybe you're walking around or you're just sitting in a chair or you're driving in your vehicle, like whatever you do on a daily basis, whether that's sitting or like going from lying to sitting, right? Like if you're lying down in a bed and you're going to sit up, like whatever the movement is, I don't think we realize how often we're using our core muscles, whether it's like the upper core or just like those really low, deep core muscles for every movement we do throughout the day, we're like using those core muscles. So it was such a crazy experience to basically like not be able to go from lying to sitting up. Like that was so excruciating for me. Like it was it was really challenging. Um, I kind of like had um, some anxiety, like every time I needed to go to the washroom. So, you know, I was lying in bed post-surgery and then I would feel like I needed to go pee, but I was like scared to have to get up because sitting up was such a challenge never mind like walking to the washroom and then even sitting down on the toilet was so 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 hard and it took everything out of me that by the time I got back to the bed I was like shaking like my teeth were chattering because it just took everything out of me so post-surgery was definitely a journey but I was no longer in 10 out of 10 pain there were definitely moments where I was like lying there and I told my mom I would never even know I had surgery and like I said even sitting here 11 days post-op I'm sitting here in a chair sitting up straight recording this podcast episode with you and just like bringing my awareness down into my belly area where the surgery was, I truly would have no idea. I just had surgery 11 days ago because I can't feel any form of like discomfort or tenderness. The body is truly so incredible. And then a few days after surgery, how many days after surgery? I guess five days ago. So, cause I'm day five of my cycle now, but anyways, during this whole time, I actually got my period. So my period showed up about what, like six days post-surgery and it's just truly so incredible. Um, 
that the body can go through something so difficult and then you know show signs of thriving and be so full of life and like fertility and reproduction and stuff so it is really so incredible. Um, I know one of my clients messaged me on Instagram when I posted that, like I got my first post op period and she was just like, Oh my gosh, that's so amazing that, you know, your period came and it just shows us like how amazing the body is. And I couldn't agree more with her. It's just, um, such a blessing to be in a body that you know is healthy and thriving and I think I it just brings me to this point where I just want to remind you that your body is also always moving towards health and healing like we are born to heal our bodies are literally wired to heal and your body that's what your body is always doing it is always moving towards health and healing so although my period did come this month and I'm so grateful for that um our periods are also like a reflection they're kind of like a monthly report card right so they're a really great reflection on what's working and what's not working from at least like one to three months prior. So I will be interested to see what happens with my period the following months as well, but I'm giving my body tons of rest and nutrition and nourishment, like all forms of nourishment that it needs. So I have no doubt in my mind that like things will be good in that area. But basically, that is kind of the long and short of what happened over the last 11 days. Unfortunately, because of this emergency surgery, I wasn't able to complete my advanced one training. But um, I'm in the process of kind of like figuring out the next steps as far as completing advanced one goes so I don't have to fall behind in my training and I can actually continue on and complete my certification at the end of this year as scheduled. So cross your fingers for me that that's still the case because we're still in the process of figuring things out. But I do think now is probably a good time to just get into some of these listener questions. So I have a few of them that I haven't touched on yet. So the first one that I got was, did you have any issues with gluten in the hospital? I know Canada and the US are very different, but that's kind of what was one of her concerns. And so here's the thing. I actually didn't eat in the hospital. I wasn't allowed to eat. So had I been given food? Yeah. I mean, there's tons of gluten in the foods that were being handed out around me. Um, like they had brought me a meal, but I wasn't actually allowed to eat it, but it was like on, you know, just like regular bread, that sort of thing. But basically what happened was, like I said, I had lunch on Friday and then this all happened about like an hour after I ate lunch. And then by Friday evening at around like 830 I was told that I would have emergency surgery, but they didn't know when that emergency surgery would be done. And so you can't go into surgery after eating. So they told me I wasn't allowed to eat. And then when I woke up in the morning, they confirmed that I was having surgery that day. So once again, I was told I wasn't allowed to eat because they didn't know what time my surgery would be. And then my surgery ended up being at eight o'clock at night. And then the day after that, I was only allowed like clear liquids. So I drank tons of bone broth once I got home that day or back to my aunt's house that day, but I wasn't like allowed to eat. And I was also discharged that morning. So, which was also, I never touched on like the whole discharge thing, but oh my gosh, that was 
That was really challenging. Um, Like I said, it was a huge challenge and brought up a lot of like anxieties for me every time I needed to go to the washroom. But um, going from like the hospital bed to the wheelchair to the wheelchair to my aunt's car and then driving back to her house, like I was in so not even pain, but it was just so uncomfortable And the reason I say like it wasn't even pain is because I feel like I can't even describe anything as pain anymore after having that ovarian torsion. um, It was just so excruciating that everything now feels like (laughs) um, totally bearable. And I feel like my pain rating scale, you know, if someone asks you, okay, what is this on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the highest, I feel like my rating scale is forever going to be changed from this ovarian torsion. But um, anyways, back to the question about gluten. I mean, yes, this is something that I feel like people will run into at the hospital. But um, I didn't because I wasn't actually allowed to eat when I was there. So Next question is, do you think this could be related to your, um, to like endometriosis or like, and having, so my periods tend to be really, really painful. And basically this question is asking like, do you think your super painful periods are related to this cyst or do you think you have endo? That's basically what this question is asking. So when the surgery was done and before the surgery, I had specifically asked the surgeon to like look for endo because of all the symptoms that I was having, including like excruciating periods. So when she notified me post-surgery that my ovary was torted three times and that I had that cyst. Um, She also confirmed that there was no endometriosis present in my pelvis. Now, best case scenario, I don't have endometriosis at all. Can there be endometriosis perhaps on other organs like in my body, maybe, but I do love the knowing that there was no endometriosis present in my pelvis. So what I will say to this question is I am curious how future periods are going to be now that I don't have this cyst. So this period that I have had post-surgery like I said my period started about like day six post-surgery and I can confirm that this has been the most painful period of my entire life but I mean to me that makes sense like I just had surgery I'm literally like bleeding from like the area they did the surgery right so It makes sense that, at least to me, that my period this month is very, very painful six days post-surgery. Like, to me, that makes sense. But I am hopeful that once, like, the inflammation goes down, the swelling goes down, and I get farther out post-surgery, that my periods will be better. Like I said, she did confirm that there was no endo present in my pelvis area, Like I said, it doesn't mean, and I'm going to have to look into this a little bit more, but like, I mean, I think endo could still be present elsewhere, but I'm crossing my fingers that there's, there isn't, and I never have to have a laparoscopy ever again, because honestly, I don't want to have surgery again, but, um, that's kind of the update there. So hoping that, all of my period cycle related symptoms were all due to this massive cyst inside of me and not endometriosis. Now, I had another question asking if my doctor can like shared with me what type of cyst it was because there's like all sorts of different cysts. So I actually have my 
post-op follow-up appointment with the surgeon who did my surgery on May 9th. And I'm really looking forward to that because she did say what type of cyst it was, but (laughs) I was so doped up at that point. I was like probably still coming out of like the anesthesia, to be honest. So um, I'm going to ask her during my post-op I'm really looking forward to that post-op appointment. I think I have like a lot of questions for her and yeah, just definitely looking forward to everything she has to share with me there, but I will ask her what type of cyst that was. And then the final question, I think this one's significant and I know we're already getting to like an hour here, but I did want to answer this question because like I said, it's It's an important one. And she asks, how quickly did you relax into peace that you were met with like this divine timing moment and this type of healing that you got? And so what she's referring to is I shared throughout my journey that like I just really felt like everything that happened to me while in Kelowna was like divinely timed and it was kind of like perfectly orchestrated and I truly do believe that in my core like basically what happened was I was at my somatic experiencing training when this all started to happen like I said and I mean I was surrounded by some of the most compassionate people who are all trauma-informed practitioners right so it's kind of like what more perfect situation could I have been in? And then I was also in a city much larger than the one that I live in. So I live in Yorkton, Saskatchewan, which is, you know, it's not like we have um, these amazing surgeons here that could have done anything what the surgeons in Kelowna were able to do for me. And so I just felt so incredibly blessed that something like this happened in a bigger center where I was able to receive the support that I needed, like the professional medical support that I needed. And something else I didn't mention in this entire episode, and it is quite important, is like ever since the the first time this happened to me back in March of 2022, I've actually been on a wait list awaiting this exact surgery because the gynecologist that I met with actually explained to me that this very thing could happen. Basically, he told me that what happened to me in March of 2022 was that my ovary must have like partially torted. So if a ovary fully torts, so if an ovary fully twists on itself, it does not just like miraculously untwist. But if an ovary partially torts, it can then untort or untwist on its own. So basically he explained to me what must have happened in March is that my ovary must have partially torted and then untorted. Whereas this time, 10, 11 days ago or 12 days ago now, um, my ovary fully twisted on itself three times. And so what he explained to me last year when I was put on the surgery waitlist here in Saskatchewan, he explained to me that like, you know, your ovary can fully twist on itself and there's potential that, you know, blood flow can be cut off from your ovary and you'd eventually lose it. So he said, obviously we don't want this to happen to you. And that's why I was on the wait list for surgery. So this wouldn't happen. But like I said, it was an 18 month wait list, which actually brought me to December of this year. So my surgery wasn't like I had nothing actually scheduled, but basically I would have been receiving a call sometime in November or December, letting me know about my surgery And yeah, it just, you know, it all happened that now I don't need to be on the wait list. 
it is now done and it is something that like I basically don't have to worry about anymore which is pretty it's it's such like a huge thing for me so anyways like I said this is just a really significant thing that happened in my life and when I was like post-surgery I know I've I was kind of looking around for people who may have gone through similar things and that's why I've been sharing so much of my journey because there's really not tons out there about ovarian torsions and cystectomies and stuff like that. So I really hope that this was helpful for you to hear and if you are going through something similar, just know I'm here for you and I hope that this episode was helpful for you. So thank you so much for listening and you know if I get a ton of questions revolving my surgery and stuff, I can do a follow-up episode or like a part two episode of this but if not, I will be back next week for kind of like more regular type of episodes. So thanks for listening, my friends. And I promise you, I will be back next week with a brand new episode. 